Watch 7 The Game. Now back to my two guys. I actually feel like I do a show with them on the changeover. Willard and Dibs right here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks, Goo. Goo is actually not here this week, and I'm in for Mark Willard, Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason, along with Dan Dibley. Of course, we got football tonight at Altitude Dibs, 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Technically, as, as you probably know, a home game for the Cardinals, but there's going to be a lot of 49er fans there. First, I think people need to know about your experience playing, exerting yourself at altitude. Yeah, I've done a lot of that, Whitey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know that. I've done some snowshoeing uh, up at Squaw. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. I, I've done a, a lot of altitude work. And what I've discovered is it, it's a little bit more taxing in endurance sports than it is in the short burst activities such as pro football. Now, it can be it can be exhausting, and this is where I think the 49ers have an edge. The longer drives, the longer you're on the field, mm-hmm. is where you might have a little bit more of a difficult time with the thin air. So I look for the 49ers to pound the rock tonight. Really try to keep the Arizona defense on the field. By the way, I think it was Josina Anderson reporting today that it will be Colt McCoy under center. Colt McCoy under I think Ian Rappaport said it's uncertain yet. Yeah. But uh, Josina Anderson said Colt McCoy, last time he faced the Niners, of course, 22 of 26 for 249, one touch, and a passer rating of 119.4. Yeah, it's troubling. Nice uptake. That's a good take right there. Uh, Troubling in terms of what he's done in the past, but I look at where this Niner defense is right now, today, on this day, this day of days, so to speak, Mm -hmm. in Mexico City, and I don't see that Arizona has the same ability to come out and light them up, although James Conner, the running back, is a bit of a problem for the 49ers traditionally. Yeah. Uh, As you know, I played a couple years ago. My brother-in-law, Mike, and I, we played against his two sons, uh, touch football in the parking lot in Albuquerque, which is like 5,000-something. So, you know, there's elevation. It's not Mexico City. And uh, it's pretty tough. We we ended up losing that game. I think we had, you know, we had a lead and then... Yeah. So hopefully the 49ers had time to get acclimated in Colorado Springs. It looks like perhaps the 49ers, the powers that be, those who made the choice to go there, didn't really realize they were going to face that bad, bad, bad weather. Yeah, and that's a little bit of a bad beat where, you know, the best laid plans of mice and man, you're trying Uh to go to altitude and trying to get sharp with the... The altitude, and you realize, geez, we cannot practice outside. It's nine degrees out mm-hmm. there, and I, I think it's going to be a little bit warmer than that in Mexico City. I have to check yeah. my my Dibley Doppler. Right. I think you're right, but uh, it's going to be more altitude yeah, too, though. More out, a little bit more. I I don't know what the difference is between. You know, Colorado Springs at 5,800. I think it's at 66-something, and then Mexico City's at 7. I just happened to read that last Right, one, so, so it's yeah. not that much of a difference, but I wonder how much the uh, the cold temps affected their ability to get, to get real practice in. Yeah, this is a golden opportunity for the 49ers to take over first place in the NFC West. After all the ups and downs and trials and travails, it's right there for them. Yeah, it's on a platter, and then you know that you kind of control your own destiny with Seattle still on the schedule, and you've got Arizona again, but uh, you feel like this would be the tougher of the two Arizona games. This is the road game, and uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. exactly, and yeah. then you come back home, and you got a game on a short week, but this is one where Niners are, what, favored by eight? You feel pretty good about their ability to go out there and get this one done. Last week, I was in for Damon, and we talked to George Kittle. And I had been in for Damon the week before when we talked to Trent Williams. I mentioned that because to both of them, I asked him, 
Looks like the team's coming together. Kyle Shanahan's even talked about that. You got McCaffrey now. Players are healthier. Is there a sense on the team that things are coming together? Both of them said, we don't look at it that way. It's week to week. But do you get this? And I understand that from a playing standpoint. Do you, don't you get the sense that right now there's an opportunity here? Looks like with players coming back, the 49ers with these new weapons and McCaffrey, it looks like they have a chance here to take off kind of like they did last year. Yes. In the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I know the schedule gets a little bit tougher after this game in terms of, you know, you've got Tampa Bay on the horizon. You've got Miami still to come. Difficult games. But you're getting guys back healthy. And that, to me, is the biggest the feather in their cap and also the fact that Christian McCaffrey now will have an additional week to have learned the system and I know he came in on a on a short week he had a couple of days yeah. and he only played about 20 plays and he started a flash the next week the the historic three touchdown game one passing one running one throwing last week a little bit of a not a step back but they went in another direction but I think now his fourth game with the 49ers tonight in Arizona. I would expect that he is ready to take off yet again. Yeah, I, a huge opportunity tonight because we know they had their missteps, the 49ers did. And this is a chance here to put the uh, put the cleats to the neck of a divisional foe and further establish that they're, they're headed in, in the right direction. Do style points matter, Dibs? I was talking to, I don't know if you, you know Kyle Madsen from uh, Candlestick Chronicles. Uh, podcast Niners. Never Wild. heard yeah. of it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, he stinks. <laughs> well, he, he you know covers the 49ers. He said, you know, at some point here, you got to prove that you're a legitimate Super Bowl contender and put up some points on somebody. I don't know that style points matter. I think there's every chance the 49ers post some of those tonight. But at this point of the season, I still don't think it really matters. I don't think it, it matters ever in terms of the NFL. I mean, think about Minnesota, and we talked about this before <laughs> the show. Uh, negative point differential yeah. right now. But uh, if you look at where the they are... two, right? They're the two seed. Yeah. So would you rather have a positive point differential or an 8-2 and two record? I mean, that's the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. <laughs> yes, but I could also argue that, you know what, they... Uh, they have put up some style points. I know overall, they're underwater there, as you would say. They're upside down. But, I mean, the win over Buffalo, there's style points involved in that. Yes. That was incredible. But Do you think maybe that took too much out of them? And then yesterday, they're just like, uh, we got nothing It might that. have. I mean, that was a wild game. But another way to look at it is that, that Dallas is good. Yeah. Dallas is better than we think. Yeah. And Dallas's defense is nasty. And Kirk Cousins got sacked seven times. In that game, so you don't like that. No, it, it's hard to. Uh, you like that? No, nope. actually, I don't, guys. And thanks for asking. But I think when you, you look like at that, that matchup, like that. Dallas is going to be a tough out for just about everyone. I would love to see a Dallas Niner game oh, yeah. and just watch the uh, watch the fur fly in that one. Yeah. So if the 49ers win tonight, they would for now. It, playoffs don't start today. I don't think. Nope. No, they Do don't. They? Okay. Yeah. Nope. But they would be in the three seed, right? If yeah. they win. Yeah. They'd be They'd the zoom three all the way seed. up to the three seed. And Seattle would fall all the way down to the seven seed <laughs> based on, uh, you know, just the head to head factor with the Niners having beaten the Seahawks already this year. So there's motivation there. There's always motivation in every game just to flat out win that game. I don't think the Niners are looking at the standings thinking, all right, this is our chance to vault yeah, you, into the three seed. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Yeah. Three seed, come on. Exactly. We got three, three seed on two. You know? Now, we don't know for sure how good the 49ers are. 
Um, but there's a chance that they're one of, if not the best team in the NFC. Who in the NFC worries you the most from a 49er standpoint? Who in the conference right now concerns you the most? The up and down Vikings, eight and two, but upside down in their uh, point differential. Dallas Cowboys, Jerry said, I think this might be a team that takes you to the Super Bowl. That's what <laughs> he said four. yesterday. Yeah. How about those Eagles struggling yesterday to get by the Colts? Who scares you most in the NFC? Probably the Eagles, yeah. 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 For me, I'm uh-huh. sorry, give the number. I, I, I jumped the queue. That's okay. Uh-huh. 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line. Dibs, which team scares you the most in the NFC? Well, Whitey, I'd like to say the Eagles, uh, and it's not only because of the fact that they have the best record, but uh, the mobile quarterback. And we know that mobile quarterbacks Ooh. give this defense problems traditionally. Give him fits. It, Jalen Hurts is uh, having him, uh, he's Kalen having, and fits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kalen and fits. That's a three. He's having an MVP caliber year. It, you know, it's uh, Jalen Hurts is a big factor, but also that defense, that Eagles defense has been very difficult. So it's both sides of the ball for me. Yeah. Dallas is dangerous. Their defense is good. I'm not sold on what they can do offensively. I know yesterday was a big breakout, but still Philly for me. Did you see what their kicker did yesterday? Is it Marr, Brett Marr? Did you see what he did at the end of the half? They, okay, they... They're He's kicking a 60 yarder, right? 60 yarder. And then there was a catch on the sideline, and there was some, dis- it was unclear whether the player got in, was in bounds or not. So they're going to, they rule it, yes, it's a catch. So he kicks a 60 yarder right before he kicked it. Timeout uh, ordered by the review booth because they decided we're not sure he caught it. So the kick doesn't count. So they went back, looked at it, and then ruled, yeah, that's a catch. So do it again. And he made it again. And he made it again. Yeah. 888-957-9570. Rob's in Palo Alto. He joins us on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Rob? What is up, fellas? Good morning. Um, I just want to say one thing to the listeners, and you guys probably know this. Um, the 49ers are second in passer efficiency, passing efficiency. And that has a lot to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, if he can play mistake-free football again tonight, it's like that's bang, 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 bang. That's three games in a row, and like in that, and it's it's like Jimmy with a chip on his shoulder. And remember that, remember, remember that play where where it broke down, and he had to roll right, and he hit Raider Raider McLeod. Um, you know, like while while running to the right, and and just just. Mm-hmm. in the bread basket. It's like it's like I haven't seen that stuff from Jimmy ever, um, and I've and, and I've always been in his corner, you know, like low key, like um, the whole hashtag Trey area thing. I'm, I was like, nah, Jesus Christ, um, you know, I I low key had my podcast of my own, and and everybody would come on and be like, yeah, Trey or this guy or that guy or anybody but Jimmy. And I was like, well, you know. Gotcha, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate, appreciate the call. I do think it seems not only like Jimmy is playing with more confidence now, Ray, your friend Ray Rado disagrees with me. To my eye, Shanahan has more confidence in Jimmy right now. And I know he doesn't have a choice. It's like, well, I don't, <laughs> he's the guy here because Trey Lance is hurt. But I, I, I think Maybe the 49ers, in spite of themselves, have finally figured the quarterback thing out. And it turns out Jimmy might have been the answer all along. He might have been, but uh, Kyle wants better. And that's why he drafted Trey Lance. So the fact that he wants better 
and he covetous of Trey Lance is why he sent those picks to get Trey Lance. But in the meantime, yeah, Jimmy's been good and Jimmy's been more than serviceable. And here we are with a chance to win. And he's been very good, hasn't he? He's I been mean, good. He's been good. Really for good what on they third asked down. Do. Yeah, good on third down, and he's been you know good to the extent that this is how they want him to play. Now he's not going to be able to light you up and bring you from 17 points down. I don't think. Why is it that did you I don't know if you saw last night after the Warriors game the Chargers and and the Chiefs and I think I know the answer to this but still it drives me crazy. So the Chargers score with I don't know less than 2 minutes to go. Too much time. Yeah, and you know that okay, the Chiefs they haven't scored on every drive, but you know on that last drive you're not going to stop them. So is that because they defend differently? They they play a, a version of you know, prevent, for lack of a better term. Why is it that every time Mahomes in that situation, they're not going to? You know that they are not going to stop them. It's the old prevent defense, yeah. and you know defenses change the way they go about it, trying to just you know play a little bit more conservatively, playing that in that keep that, everything in front of you, that yeah, two make high tackles, two yeah, 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 deep, and just yeah. But it's keep incredible, in front, especially when you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know what the answer is because. If you all out blitz him and he beats you, and now it's a jailbreak, and you might get beaten on one one play, but at least then you'd get the ball back, right? Yeah, yeah. If the if the expectation is that Mahomes is going to score, then let him score, let him score quickly, right? <laughs> and give your guy a chance to I then guess. be the game winner. Yeah, football is so much more like basketball than it used to be. But if you played that defense the whole game, the Chiefs would score every time. So why do you play that? If they end the game with the game on the line, why is that the way teams choose to defend them? I, right. I know it's a little more complicated than that, but it's just sitting there watching that going, you know, they're going to score. There's no way the Chargers are going to yeah, stop there's them. There's too much time. Yeah, and we yeah. all know that when they score, when San Diego or L.A. rather yeah, goes yeah. in and scores, it's like, well, they left them too much time. And then it's boom, 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 three, four, yeah. five plays, whatever, right. touchdown, game over. Yeah, and then the other side of that is, you know, it's not that easy to score a touchdown if you're the Chargers. Like, we can't just score on whichever play we want. We can't wait until, all right, uh, it's five set. We're going to score now. You know, you can't do that either. So, anyway, uh, the 49ers, I think, tonight need to and will win big. And they've also got to put to rest this whole idea that they can't beat the Cardinals. That's got to be aggravating. I don't know what it is, but that has to be aggravating, especially for Kyle Shanahan, who I think since he's been there, the 49ers are, what, 3-7 and seven against Arizona? Yeah, it's just been, it's been awful. Yeah, it's been terrible. I mean, they... The Cardinals won both games last year. In 2020, they split. In 2019, Arizona won both. And so just in the past three years, you're dealing with a situation where you, you've you had a three? hard time. Yeah. yeah, One in three the last two years against stinking Arizona. And Arizona hasn't been that good. And even though last year when they lost to Arizona early on, they were undefeated. And they looked like, okay, this might be Arizona's year. But yeah, 7-0 they started. You, you look at how they are this year, and it seems like they aren't nearly the same team that they were last year, yet all of us, when we talk about this, you've got to be a little bit cautious in terms of just the nature of, of the rivalry. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something about Dibs that a lot of people don't know. Nice. Yeah. He and I used to do a show together here on 95.7 The Game uh, years ago, about 10 years ago, roughly. And I remember you coming up with a term, franchise trend. Franchise trend is this franchise, they haven't beaten that other team 
at this stadium in 20 years or whatever it is. So is this a franchise trend? Franchise trends are not necessarily meaningful because they have to do with guys in the same uniform, but not the same guys. So the 49ers frustrations against Arizona, is this kind of a fluky franchise trend? Or is there something actually going on here that may have some implications uh, for tonight? Well, we'll find out tonight. Uh, I think right now it is a franchise trend. And you look fluky, back. right? It's yeah, got to be. It's super fluky. And you yeah. look back the last seven years and Arizona's 11 and three against the Niners going all the way back to the 2015 season. And that I know those were different times where you had Chip Kelly, you had Tom Sula, you had Mullins, you had C.J. Beathard. You had a lot of a weird yeah. situations. But I look back at last year with the, the Colt McCoy. That's a game that the mm-hmm. 49ers absolutely should have won. You should be able to beat Colt McCoy, yet James Conner runs roughshod three touchdowns yeah. in that game. Arizona gets to 8-1. and one. And that's the game where the Niners fell to three and five, and you thought, well, that's it. Write mm-hmm. them off. It's over. And that game was in Santa Clara. And that was a game that, by the way, wasn't maybe as close as the score indicated. Arizona jumped out to a 14 nothing lead after the first quarter, and they, they took it to the Niners throughout the ball game. So is it something where the matchups of the teams favors Arizona? Is it the coaching matchup, or is it just kind of a fluky thing? I don't know, but I know you go back to, wasn't it the opener, Kyle, 2020, the pandemic year, and the 49ers are home against Arizona, and they lost that game? And they, you know, that was coming out of the trip to the Super Bowl in 2020, and they opened against Arizona with no fans there, and I think it was really smoky, if I'm not mistaken, because there had been fires. And they lost that game. I was like, oh, what an ugly loss. And there it was to the stinking Cardinals again. Yeah, 24-20. to 20. Uh, Calamari goes 26-40 in that one. and uh, So maybe he's part of it. Pardon me, but uh, you maybe. made the point earlier, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks, and he's certainly that. Yeah, and he, he ran for 91 yards in that game and a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown. Jimmy G, 19 of 33, not great for 259. He did score a couple of touchdowns with the arm. They ran the ball okay, but ultimately that game was in the balance. And Kenyon Drake, if you remember mm. him, with the one-yard run in the fourth quarter, turning the tide. That game was a back-and-forth affair, but... Excuse me, but the Niners were running. Right. Yeah, a little bit of a backwash there. But uh, Niners unable to get anything done after the Kenyon Drake touchdown with 10 minutes left. That, that was also the game, remember, that I believe it was Dante Pettis was the WR1 and Trent Taylor was the wide receiver 2. Mm. And Jimmy Garoppolo's last gasp, fourth down pass at the end of the game yes. went to Trent Taylor. I do remember Boy, that. tough. Yeah. No, those were the days, too, where he didn't throw to wide receivers. And I'm just looking at the box right now, Kyle. Two catches for Kendrick Bourne, two for Jordan Reed, two for Trent Taylor, none for the aforementioned Dante Pettis. None, huh? So six Uh, catches by wide receivers. And then that was kind of the year where, and I'm glad you refreshed that, Kyle, because we all were saying, you need a receiver you can actually throw to. And now you've got Brandon Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, you got Jawan Jennings. You have receivers you can throw to. You have an elite tight end. You've got two running backs you can trust. It feels like this should be a game where you can hang 30 on Arizona. Well, Kittle, Kittle, they need to throw it to Kittle, right? It cracks me up. You read on Twitter, fans go, well, they've only, Debo's got two touches and Kittle's got one. You got to get the ball to your playmaker. You know, it's not, you can't just give them the ball. It doesn't work that way, but it, I am interested as to why Kittle hasn't caught more passes. How much of that is the way they're defending him and how much of that is, you know, he's got a lot of miles on him. 
I think it's a little of both, and I also think that it's uh, a situation where you like to have him in to block because yeah. he's such a good blocker, and mm-hmm. you have other weapons yes. now. It's not like 2020 where you had wide receivers you didn't want to throw to. Yeah, like Jimmy's going back. Where's Kittle? Where's Kittle? Where's exactly. Kittle? Yeah. He was the safety blanket. Now you've got Debo. You've got Ayuk. If you're going two wide receivers set, if you have two running backs in, you can use use check in the passing game. Eli Mitchell's been great between the tackles. Christian McCaffrey's a weapon. Jawan Jennings last game was huge on third down so and I, I don't think that George Kittle's a guy who is going to Kyle's office saying Kyle I need my touches yeah. between you and I let's say you're the 49er quarterback and I know the plays are designed for certain things I almost was once yeah, but I, I thought so yeah but it's just between issue. you and I who's your guy like no matter what the play is like yeah I know I'm supposed to this guy's over here but this is the guy my safety blanket that my trusted if all things fall apart I'm looking for who? It'd be Christian McCaffrey for me. Absolutely. If not Debo Samuel, just because of Debo's ability to, if it's third and seven, I can throw it to Debo at the line of scrimmage, and I have a pretty good chance that he's going to be able to yak his way to get yep. seven yards. And Christian McCaffrey to the same extent. He's not as physical with his yards after the catch, but he is so slippery, and he's able to make those quick cuts and get forward and be able to get those yards. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, who am I looking for as a route runner? It's Brandon Ayuk. If it's uh, you know, if it's third and seven or third and six, and I know a play is going to be blocked up well, and I have a guy in the pattern who I know is going to be able to get open, that's Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Such a sophisticated answer, but of course you know this nuance. I'm a man of nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Are oh. you ready for my stat of the game? Whitey stat of this game. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. I got it for you in just a second. First. Matt in San Rafael, 95.7 The Game. What's up, Matt? How are you? What What are you doing? Right now, I am driving home from the chiropractor. How'd that go, by the way? It was cracking. All right. Nice. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, so, <laughs> Call of the day. You got a five for that, yeah. That's what that means. Um, so, anyway, no, you guys are talking about getting it to your playmakers. And I, I, I was just thinking the same thing in terms of, you know, this offense last week against the Chargers, you know, the struggles in the red zone, settling for field goals. The, the fact that we struggle with mobile quarterbacks and our secondary suspect, and you're coming into DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, you're going to need to score in the red zone every time you can. And I'm really worried about Jimmy and, you know, the ability to score in the red zone. I know we're in Mexico. I know it's the World Cup. But this game tonight, you're going to have to win, and you're not going to do it by kicking. Nice uptick, Matt. Great call. Very well done. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. I've got these stat of the game. And if you're a 49er fan, it's going to make you feel great. That's up next here. This is sponsored by Pfizer. It's Willard and Dibs. YDN for Willard on 95.7 The Game. Monday through Friday, right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Willard and Dibs. It Dibs. That's a three, my man. That's a three. Just a three, Dibs? That's all? I is mean, he giving himself a three for something, or is that just kind of a generic reference to things? It's a or? generic reference, yeah. but he's probably giving himself a three. What would you give him for that reference? I'd give him a two, I, That's what quite I frankly. <laughs> but you guys are going at each other lately because there's this whole issue of whether you're ducking him for Jockberty, which well, is coming up today. Yeah, Jockberty today, 1145. Tomorrow, 1145. Wednesday, 
TBD to be determined. We're, it's like we need to meet at Camp David and, and huh. really like sketch out the rules for Jock Birdie because right. you know he made his bones. He established himself in a different time. It was a different era. It was a different show. And but all a great player rules. can do is deal with the rules that he's got to deal with at the time he plays. And I get that, yeah. and, I, and I respect that. <laughs> and you know, it's do I you mean, do you respect? I it? do respect it. But what I want to be clear about is that Jock Pretty is played in a certain way, mm -hmm. and you play it as gentlemen. And I know that <laughs> when he and Steiny and Guru played. It was not a very gentlemanly exercise. It got ugly. Huh. And, uh, you know, I used to listen to it. There was a lot of crying about, <laughs> oh, I buzzed in first. Bonte would cry. Well, there's always been that, and there always will be. Well, it's different when we're all in studio. You know, <laughs> I'm on delay. The whole thing about I'm on delay is no longer a factor. But I've always been raised to where you allow the, the answer to be read in mm. its entirety, Okay. then you buzz in. Gotcha. And then gotcha. somebody else will determine uh -huh. who, who buzzed in first, and yeah. sometimes you get the call, sometimes you don't. Yeah. The first you, day of any season, especially baseball season. Steiny. Who? Steiny. Oh. <laughs> That's a great example. I think in his mind at that time, it's like, oh. I buzzed in first. Right. How much? I buzzed in first. He guys. was on delay. Yeah. And he couldn't wait to get back here in studio. And since he's been back in studio, his winning percentage has been very similar. So. Has won. We haven't played that often, and he does have a win under his belt for he, the um, SummerSlam. I think yeah. he won a match. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I guess this will be the uh, the turkey trot coming That's up exactly. today. That's coming up. That starts today on 95.7, uh, the game. Yesterday, by the way, before we get back to the 49ers, what a great day to be. Uh, Bay Area sports fan with the 49ers taking on Arizona. Big game. It's kind of an ideal game for a real fan because it's like they should win. And if they win, it's a significant win. Puts you in first place. You got the Warriors tonight in New Orleans after winning last night. Big game. Warriors are rolling right now. They are. <laughs> really much better basketball. No question. And Clay is back, clearly. Clay is the man again. Clay is Clay. He may be better than he ever was. Championship window. Yeah. It's wide open. Wide open. But before we get back to any of that, yesterday, Dibs, I thought, watching football, it was a great day for maybe the greatest, most exciting play in football, which is an endangered species. Yesterday was a great day for the kickoff slash punt return. Yeah. Great day. And you think it's an endangered species? Well, I know the kickoff return is. Cordero Patterson yesterday returned a kick for a touchdown, and Atlanta's went over the Bears. His that ninth time, nine, right? Yeah. Record setting. Isn't that a record that'll never be broken? Because you don't return kicks that often now. You they, don't. They're trying to outlaw the kick return. Right, and they've made it so that so many kicks are now just automatic touchbacks. It, it might be yeah. one of those unbreakable mm -hmm, records, which mm -hmm. I understand why they did it. Player safety, which is always kind of a crack-up to me, because the NFL doesn't give a crap about player safety. Not at all. They Just as long as people think that they care exactly. or that they can make the case that, look, this is an example of how we care. Yeah. The majority of games are played on an artificial surface that is basically painted concrete. Yes. But player safety, right. we don't want kickoff returns because that's a dangerous play. But what about the other 88 plays that are being held on this artificial turf across the country. Well, that's you know, there's nothing we can do yeah. as I channel my bud ceiling. <laughs> and so that to me is it's kind of a joke, but I think you're right in terms of, you know, the endangered species nature mm -hmm. of the kick return. And even though even sometimes when you get 
a big kick return. He's at the 40. He's at the 50. He breaks out of the 40, 30, 20, 10. Oh, there's a flag. Yes. And it's like, oh, God. By the way, Cordero Patterson, I was talking to Kyle Madsen about this earlier. Cordero Patterson apparently blocked him on Twitter once. And I said, oh, I guess he's a good blocker, too. And Kyle said, yeah, he's a pretty good blocker. Just wow. Missed the, you know, the whole... Blocked him on Twitter. See, he's a good blocker. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I guess he's a good blocker. And that's unlike Kyle, who's always like, know, dude, quick just with brutal. the puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of an off day. Uh huh. So I guess, um, I guess what happened is Cordero Patterson checks his uh, what was that called? Checks his name, checks his mentions, and Kyle had said something disparaging about him and Cordero Patterson. Blocked. It was not dispa- it wasn't even disparaging. He was name searching, vanity searching, name some searching. people Thank call you. it. Yeah. And I had said Cordero Patterson's a really good player as long as you don't ask him to do any wide receiver stuff. Blocked. And now he's playing now he's playing running back and returning kicks and he's very good at running back. He's an excellent running back. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very disparaging. Yeah. Anyway, kick returner of all time. Yeah. Keep that- my name out your mouth. <laughs> out your tweet. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one that maybe will never be broken. And then yesterday, wow, the play of the dude. day. Totally. Marcus Jones, 20 seconds left, a 3-3 barn burner between the Jets and the Patriots. And the Jets punt him and he returns it for a touchdown. And the Patriots win. That was incredible. And there was clearly a clip at the end of that play. It's like, eh, well, we're going to let it go. That's a no call. What an exciting, thrilling finish to that game. Without a doubt. Punt return and a kick return and uh you know that's the thing about especially the morning wave of action on an nfl sunday where you got the eight games going and i know that uh for you red zone watchers it's the witching hour scott hansen calls it the witching hour and you know at about 12 30 all these games can turn on a dime yeah i don't know if you remember this but years ago you and i were talking about red zone and you at the time had xfinity and i at the time had direct tv and i have xfinity now which and it's great, but we were arguing about who the host of Red Zone is. Remember? Oh yeah, because yours it is Scott Hansen. No, it's uh, what's his name? Andrew Siciliano. Siciliano. And we were going at it like, I know who it is. It's yeah. Scott Hansen. <laughs> it's always been Scott Hansen. No, and it's you were, Siciliano. Yeah, Siciliano. yeah, yeah. Wah, wah. It's yeah, just a difference of. And it's weird that they have to have two different ones, I don't but know why uh, they do that? Yeah. I guess you know the Directv can't uh, co-mingle with the Xfinity and whatnot, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yesterday was fun for that because, you know, you did have a nice copious amount of red zones. Of course, the day started with Qatar, Ecuador, and, uh, sure, you know, Qatar basically playing their way out of their own tournament, which yeah. was kind of fun. That's a terrible rule. Kind of fun you to host the tournament. You get your team in the tournament. It's That's actually, worse than an all-star from every team makes the baseball all-star game. Yes. Well, I understand why they do it, and it, it is a little bit silly because... Like, and I'm thinking about uh, South Africa when they got to host and they were a patsy and Qatar or Qatar, depending on how you want to pronounce it, they're going to get crushed by everyone. Mm-hmm. But uh, it leads itself to a good gambling opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fade the host. From the 510 here on the Xfinity Mobile Text Line. Good morning, fellas. Dibs, what about the Raiders walk-off? Miguel from the town. Very nice walk-off. And uh, Spadoni's so happy because the Raiders beat Denver twice. Yeah, and that's, honestly, if you're going to save a guy's job, that's the way you save his job. And uh, what is it? Nath- is it Nathaniel Hackett, the coach of Denver? Oh, he's, he's got to go. <laughs> I mean, that game was the coach gets fired bowl yeah. to me because, I mean, I don't know if Josh McDaniels needs to come back either. He's been an absolute unmitigated mess. But Max Crosby, how fun is he to watch? That guy's an absolute monster. Yep, yep. Maybe the most underrated, underappreciated defensive player in the yep. league. Now, the Colts almost won yesterday. They almost went to 2-0 under Jeff Saturday. And I know the Eagles came back and barely beat him. 
It's a but cover, though. That nice could cover. be. Thank you. That could be a trend. I mean, I could see teams struggling with their coaches, looking at that, going, you know, it's pretty cheap. We save a lot of money by finding a guy who just our fans know, and it's worked in basketball. You've had guys who never coached before, and I could see the Raiders doing something like that. Yeah, just and I don't know who it would be, but finding some guy that Rich Cannon. Yeah, there you go, Charles Rich Woodson. Cannon. Yes, yeah, Charles Woodson works. Yeah, It'd be exactly. Perfect. Yes, and here's Jeff Saturday's big move. He walks into the locker room and it's like, Matt Ryan, you're you're a better quarterback. Yeah. You're you're better than Ellinger. You're my quarterback now. Right. All right, guys. I got to go. I got ESPN duties. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Next thing you know, they're a competitive team again. Uh-huh. And I'm a little surprised they didn't win that game. They look good under yeah. Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're so, a whole new team. I know Ray. I was on with Ray Ratto, and when that came down, and he God, was like, "This is the worst guy. thing I've ever seen in my life." But I could see how that could become, at least in the short term, if not a trend, something other teams are going to try. I don't think so. I mean, this is a one-off based on a an owner who does things in his own unique way. Did you uh, know that he has? Uh, he's putting all his museum pieces. There's a tour. There's yeah, here in the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and there's a he's concert. Got amazing, yeah, yeah. He's got great pieces, apparently. Uh huh. So okay. I mean, that's uh-huh. I gotta tell you uh-huh. that apparently is uh you know his focus more than it is his football team. But the Colts are. Colts aren't out of it, by the way. They're sitting at four, six, and one, just a couple of games out of the playoffs. I don't think they'll get there. The AFC seems to be pretty, for the most part, pretty much resolved. I mean, the Jets maybe sneak in. The Chargers, I'm not so sure about, but it looks pretty good in, in terms of the Bengals, the Patriots, and then the rest of the good teams in yeah. the AFC. What do you think of the Bengals all white that they wore yesterday? I don't love it. But, I uh, want to like it, but I don't like it as much as I think about it. I think that's cool, and I watch it, and I think, eh, didn't look that good. Yeah, I like the stripes. I like to see mm-hmm. the Bengal stripes. Mm-hmm. I like the old uh, orange and black helmet with the Bengal stripes on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems to fit a little bit more. Yeah. As far as tonight's game, the 49ers and Arizona, as promised, the stat of the night. Great news for 49er fans. The 49ers lead the league in yak, yards after catch. Arizona defensively dead last in defending yards after catch. Dead last, Dibs. This is a mismatch. Debo gets the ball. Arizona can't stop guys after they make the catch. And that's the 49ers' bread and butter. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey. You got McCaffrey and Debo, both yak monsters. And you've got Eli Mitchell back now, Mm -hmm. who's been so good in a short sample size running between the tackles. I think that this is a game that the 49ers' offense has an easy time of it with Arizona's defense. This feels to me like the big offensive breakout game I think so. that we've been waiting for. Right, those style points that Kyle needs to exactly. see. Exactly. I'm feeling 31-20 to 20, Niners in a semi-coast tonight at Estadio Azteca. I'll go 34-13. Wow, serious blowout. Yeah. I time think... enough to turn on the Warrior game at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. I how think... will you navigate this? Uh, the, the two events virtually being simultaneous. Probably we'll have to go Warriors on the phone and then the 49ers on the TV. Okay. I think that's And I know you're on the road, so what's right. the situation at uh, at the in-laws to where can Casa you commandeer? Yeah. yeah. Do you get to commandeer the TV? Will they watch the Niner game anyway? What's yes, the yes, stitch? yes. They will, and they have two TVs, so I could probably at some point, if things weren't to my liking, I'm going into the kitchen or whatever and taking over. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think that'll be an issue. So that's my, that's my plan at this point, uh, streaming the game on the phone and then uh, the basketball Warriors on the game. phone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And does that change based on how many Warriors either play or don't play? Maybe. Maybe. Game time decision. 
Yeah, just how like close the, the game is, how the how close the 49er game is. I think if there's anything to the fact that the 49ers have struggled against Arizona, I think some of that maybe has to do with the 49ers, as silly as it sounds, maybe overlooking them a little bit like last year when Colt McCoy came in and destroyed them. So that's not going to be the case tonight. There's no way given where everything is, that the 49ers are going to overlook Arizona tonight. There's no way. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I just I can't see that being... Uh, I can't see, see that being uh, the way it goes, especially considering where this team is now in, in terms of the offense. They're starting to hum, and the defense, back-to-back, second-half shutouts, this defense is starting to feel like we want to be the best defense in the National Football League. I don't think they are right now, but they are a couple of good performances away from being that. And mm-hmm. also, if you're the Niners, you got to smell blood in the water a little bit in the NFC. You saw Philadelphia have to survive Indianapolis, and you saw Minnesota go down. Dallas looked good, but the NFC, it's not wide open, but you feel like with a solid performance, you can really step into that elite group of teams in the NFC. Yeah, hopefully you've gotten beyond kicking games away early in the year against Denver and against the Bears. And at this point, if things do come together with healthy players rejoining the roster and McCaffrey there, this is the time for them to start putting it together as they did last year, which obviously is perfect timing if you can do that. And I think Jimmy has a lot to do with that. And Jimmy has played rock solid to very good. You look at the Charger game and I know overall a lot of people expected more from the offense, but his third down numbers were incredible. That's hugely important. Yeah, it's definitely important, especially when you have an offense like the 49ers do, which is you know very conservative, not taking a lot of shots down the field. It's an offense that usually needs two to three to four first downs per drive in order to get a touchdown. So in order to keep those things going, a lot of times you need third down conversions. And last game, what was Jimmy, 8 of 10 on third down? Some of them were longer ones too. Yeah, and so if he can be that effective on third down, then you can mix and match with some run plays as well. And this offense can really hum. My only concern, and we, we beat this thing concern? into the ground yeah. last week, yeah. red zone efficiency. Niners are 16th in the league in red zone efficiency. Field goals might be good enough to beat in Arizona, but when you get into games coming up like Miami, the Miami game, a team that's going to be able to score on you, you need to be more efficient in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be with all McCaffrey there now and Elijah Mitchell back. I mean, there's reason to think they've got more weapons now so that that yeah. should translate. And and I don't know. And against the Chargers, they had the big drop from uh, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. which yeah. would have been a touchdown if yeah. he just holds on to it. And you mentioned you were talking about something a few minutes ago. I, I, sorry, I was, wasn't paying attention. But you said something about a short sample size. And when, when you look at those numbers and you start ranking teams on their red zone efficiency, I mean, some of those numbers, just a play here or there, can shift the rankings dramatically, right? So we 16th, that's terrible. And sometimes well, you know, it's not as bad as it looks. It's not. And, you know, in terms of a whole season, you can look at the sample and take a, b- a better determination of exactly how a team but is. But it does have to be better. You're right. It has to be better. If you're right. Especially when you're going to go up against higher-powered offenses. And maybe in the NFC, you don't have to worry about that. Although Philadelphia, Minnesota's been good offensively before yesterday. So those teams seem to be... destroyed yeah, yesterday. It's one of those games where... And maybe you're right. It was a little bit of a hangover from the Buffalo maybe. game where... Mm-hmm. It was such an emotional win, and you know they had to go into overtime, and they had to, you know, play all the way to the last gasp to yeah. get that done. You're gonna win. You're gonna lose. You're gonna win. You're gonna lose. You won. Yeah, and then, it was unbelievable. Then the letdown when you have to go to Dallas and take on a a good, very physical Cowboy team. But I think that 
when you get into the playoffs, you're going to have to be able to be... That game was in Minnesota, wasn't it? Oh, was, was it? it? I think it was. Okay. Yeah, I have to double-check that. So. Yeah, you might be right, yeah. which makes it even more yeah. ghastly. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. you're going to have to score more than 20 points to win playoff games in the NFC. We know that Kyle hasn't had the utmost faith in Jimmy. Our Kyle or their Kyle? Neither. Okay. I don't think. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Kyle runs the show. Yeah. So the thinking has been Jimmy is serviceable. We can win with him. But I mean, and he said this, but if boy, to get to where we want to get to, we need somebody else. Well, right now you don't have that choice. So is this, are the 49ers right? Is this headed to a cataclysmic failure because Jimmy at some point is like, oh, he, he can't be trusted? I feel like. He's playing his best football now, and Kyle has more faith in him. And I feel like, but I've been down this road before, like, you know what? That's all in the past now. But isn't that still looming, that possibility that Jimmy, at the worst possible time, throws the ball around the team again? It's very possible. And, you know, he hasn't really done that that he much hasn't. this year. So yeah. Of course it's Does that possible. mean he's overdue, or does it mean, yeah, he doesn't do that anymore? I think it depends on the offensive line, really. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't usually make those throws when he's got time in the pocket. The Jimmy Ono throws tend to happen when he's under some duress and he makes a bad decision or forces a ball. Sometimes he'll just flat out throw high and overthrow a guy and a pick will happen or it'll be a tip ball. But Garoppolo throws it so high. For, for the most part, I think it's just when he's... When he's under pressure, the pressurized throws is where it gets to him. And so far this year, the offensive line's been a little bit better than we all thought. Yeah, pass blocking's been good. Run blocking has not been so good. You concerned about Trent Williams? Um, Telegraphing plays? Tipping the play? Well, even when he tips it, though, it's funny because you still don't have a chance to beat him. And that was the (laughs) other part of that. Yeah, The, The big headline was, Trent Williams tipping plays, but... The, the sub-headline was, it doesn't matter because he still blocks you on the play. So I'm not so concerned about him tipping plays unless it starts to affect the other guys in the offensive line. Yeah. I told you about my big tip, right? Yes. Yes, Steiny. <laughs> Boy, Steiny and JD. JD in for Guru today. So Steiny and uh, JD and Dibs uh, playing Jockberty today. And as we mentioned earlier, Dibs tomorrow would love for you to join him uh, for some uh, World Cup. Yep, Mad Dog in the Fog, 1568 Hate Street. It's Mexico, Poland, 7 a.m. You're not doing anything else anyway. It's a short week. It's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Come on out. See Dibber Claws. Get yourself an Estrella. We'll be uh, drinking morning beers tomorrow at Mad Dog in the Fog, watching Mexico take on Poland, of course, today. Eight minutes from now, the USA taking on Wales. The first World Cup game for the U.S. in eight years. Eight and a half years, actually, if you want to be technical. So, Mm -hmm. World Cup fever has caught on here. Tomorrow, it's Mexico-Poland. Come on out and see me. Mad Dog in the Fog, 1568 Hate Street. And tell them Dib sent you. I have an ignorant question. Dibs earlier was breaking down some soccer for me where we're watching some football. Ignorant question. Why is the World Cup at this time of year when it's never been played at this time of year before? Because they chose to play it in Qatar, uh-huh. which is a whole uh, debacle in Qatar and of itself. Weeps. Yes. yes, thank uh-huh. you. Is that the, is that the Beatles? It is. Okay, it yeah. Is. yeah. It's uh, They chose to play it in a place where in the summer, the traditional time where you would play these matches, it's 120 degrees. And you, you these two teams cannot survive no. in that heat. The real question is, why did FIFA choose to play in Qatar? And for that, mm. I will direct you to the uh, Netflix documentary 
about the corruption of FIFA mm. because this decision to play in Qatar goes back about 50 years and the corruption that has been in place in FIFA, the international organization of world football, they made this decision and it was basically a money grab. No. Yeah, Pro sports that. money grab? Yeah. No. Pro sports money grab. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So is there going to be soccer on tonight at the same time as uh, the 49ers? And No. No, so that's really not true. Okay. Well, uh, just a question. This, it's a 10 o'clock right now yeah. in, in Qatar or Qatar, depending yeah. on how you prefer it. USA. Well, how should we say it? I, everyone I hear says just like you. Well, it's Qatar or Qatar. Which is it? It depends on where you're from. Quite frankly, and this is any. Well, I'm from Vallejo, so how do I say it? Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was Qatar. Dog is how you okay. say it. It's from, they're in the queue, dog. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's uh, it's Qatar. And, and again, it depends on where you're from. Okay. And how you want to pronounce things, like, you know, the Niners tonight. They're playing at Aztec Stadium, or it's really Estadio Azteca is the real name, but that is the Spanish name for the stadium. So do you want to call it by its actual name or do you want to Americanize it? And this is what we do with virtually every pronunciation we ever have. Okay. Do you Americanize something or do you try to pronounce it the correct way? So the real way is Qatar. 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 Just Qatar. All right. Looking forward to that. Here's one thing that worries me about Colt McCoy, who according to reports is supposed to be uh, the starting quarterback tonight against... Uh, the 49ers. It's, he does one of the things, Dibs, that I, I think it's an underappreciated skill for a quarterback. He gets the freaking ball out. He, and Kyler Murray doesn't. And, you know, part of that is Kyler Murray has learned over the years, going back to when he played you know, peewee football, by hanging out on the ball, I can make something happen. Either I can find a running lane or I can find someone downfield. So that's, that's the way he plays. And for Trey Lance, it's been similar too. Some of these guys with the big arms, they learn if I hang out on the ball, I got a chance to make a big play. Colt McCoy gets the ball out. He gets the ball out. Jimmy does the same thing. And that is an effective way of countering the 49ers pass rush. So it's a little as confident as I am in a 49er victory tonight. I'm a little bit concerned about Colt McCoy's ability to get get the ball out. Yes, he can get the ball out, but one thing we've seen from this 49er defense is in the bend but don't break vein, they've been terrific. You haven't seen them get beat by a lot of big plays over the top. I know the Chicago Bears game in the opener was an example where they got beat by a couple of big plays. I still can't believe they lost that game. That was a weird one. I still can't believe it Well, Justin Fields broke out of the pocket and they just lost Dante Pettis. He got hurt yesterday, by the way. Yeah, he did. But that couple of big plays in a monsoon and the Niners couldn't recover, but other than that, this defense has not given up a lot of big plays, so go ahead and get your your quick throws out of your hand, Colt McCoy. The Niners will rally up and tackle. Mm -hmm. All right, coming up next here, what's next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. After two straight wins, are the Warriors back? Is Clay back? That is sponsored by ChooseChange.org. It's Willard and Dibs. Whitey's in for Willard. 95-7. Okay.